listeners, I'm David Blakesley, and I am welcoming you to the first episode of Season 5 of Criterion Reflections. This is a short podcast sampler, if you will, kind of an excerpt of an episode that I recorded with my friend Trevor Barrett back in 2014, October of that year, actually. So not quite 10 years ago, but pretty close. Uh, This is when we were doing the Eclipse Viewer, an old podcast where we were going pretty systematically through the Eclipse series. And in October of 2014, Trevor and I decided that it was time to tackle the uh, Rossellini history films, Renaissance and Enlightenment. Uh, That was our 19th episode of that uh, series, which has now concluded since they're not releasing any more Eclipse series films. Uh, But those were good times, and this is a great conversation. So I'm exerting this portion of a podcast that ran about an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. So a a deeper dive into that set that one I'm going to give you here, uh, because I'm kind of shortening up my format. I feel like I'm not going to put as much demands on the attention span or ask as much time from listeners going forward, although I may still have some longer podcasts up my sleeve somewhere down the road. But for today, this is just a little bit of uh, our conversation about the age of the Medici, which is the subject of this first episode. And I've already made a YouTube clip about it. I filmed, shot that last week and uh, had not really listened to this episode before I did that, um, but some of the takeaways from 10 years ago and re-watching the series again just, you know, within the last uh, couple weeks, uh, I ha- took the same impressions away. So I guess I can stand by my original comments and maybe had a little slightly different uh, perception of it this time around. So I won't be going on too much longer. I'll just have a little transitional music. Um, The whole episode, unfortunately, is no longer up on the CriterionCast.com website just because we've had to remove some of the older episodes for storage and financial reasons. But if anybody really wants to hear the whole episode, let me know. Just contact me, and I'll be glad to send you that file if you really want to hear the full conversation. But I think I found a pretty good bit that kind of focuses on the age of the Medici. We also talk a little bit about uh, the other two films, Cartesius, about René Descartes and Blaise Pascal, uh, about that philosopher, mathematician, and all-around genius. Um, So there's a little bit of crossover. We didn't really break the films down very neatly to say, now we're going to talk about the age of Medici, now we're going to talk about Blaise Pascal, now we're going to talk about Cartesius. Kind of goes all over the place there. But uh, this is a good portion of it, just to kind of give you a feel or a sample of uh, what we had to say back then. All right, that's my introduction comment, and uh, thanks for listening in. Give me some feedback, and uh, we'll come at you really soon. Our next episode is going to be about Lucino Visconti's Ludwig the Mad King of Bavaria. So that'll be coming out soon in a video clip, and I do have a podcast planned uh, as well to accompany that. So we'll do the deeper dive in the podcast and a little overview of what that film's all about uh, when I come around next in episode two of season five of Criterion Reflections.
there's also something about the pace of life in these times where you know today's viewer may indeed be challenged and that i i had to absolutely discipline myself to say okay <laughs> shut the computer put the phone in the other room <laughs> just do not allow all the distractions of social media and just today's pace of life and information and gratification interrupt and there were times where i did let it interrupt and it really took me out of the movie because you've got to just you've just got to absorb in this this is not a kind of a movie that you can just put on in the background and just kind of look up at the screen every once in a while and just have a laugh because there's some cool thing happening <laughs> even if you've seen the movies before you've sort of got to stay on the train yeah and you sorry you mentioned the um the the kind the the way that the actors are staged and the way the the settings are staged, and um, I, I, I'd like to get into that a yeah, little bit yeah. if, if you're ready sure, um, for that because I thought that that's one thing that I got uh, that hooked me immediately. You know, even if the narrative of the Age of the Medici didn't hook me, it was the the way that the even the opening scene is this dark room because the the father the patriarch of the Medici family yeah. has just died. It's a funeral scene, right? Uh, yeah. And it looks like a, a Renaissance painting. You oh. know, be, it's beautiful right. because yeah. the, they're wearing red and they're, that kind this of pops as the Velvet tapes and all right. that. Yeah, right, right. And the way that the lighting um, is on the, the material um, and a lot of them are kind of in a profile. Yeah. And the darkness behind and the shadows and the people in the shadows – you know, it it it, just, it looked beautiful, and you started to see that that's one of the things that Rossellini is doing with these. He's making references to great art. There's mm-hmm. if 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 you look on the Criterion page for the Blaise Pascal, you see a moment when they're putting a cast on on. Um, I think that's Pascal's father. Yes, right. um, they're putting a cast on his leg, and it shows them putting kind of grass and leaves around it, yeah, herbs and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way that that's set up also is, you know, it looks like a painting. If, if you just look at that one still from the Criterion Collection page, you know, why is no one on the other side of the table uh, blocking yeah. our view yeah, of, the, right. of the patient? And why are they sitting there leaning over and looking at this, this the way that they are? And, and there's a variety of household items in the back, and, and, and a maid is back there looking on. You know, that just brings to mind so many of the tropes and, and things that we see in, in these paintings of about people who are learning. I mean, these are much more like a painting about these famous moments and times yeah. than, a, than, you know, w- what we see in, in film at this time. Um, so yeah. in fact, uh, Medici, the age of the Medici includes paintings within it to show the, the, cities that they're uh, going to visit. <laughs> well, right, well, you know, well, the city of Florence at that time was really the cultural capital of the world. You know, I mean, you know, we think of London and Paris, but, you know, Florence was absolutely the pinnacle of Western civilization, at, you know, in that particular century. And so you've got, you know, Donatello's uh, sculpture of King David and the expulsion from Eden and these uh, frescoes on the wall, and 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 again, you see the artist making the frescoes. Obviously, it's not mm-hmm. the original, but but it's a very skillful reproduction. And it's just like so. And and, and the Medici clan, I guess, to get into some detail here, uh, they were you know the the primary uh, monetary and eventually political cultural force that kind of set the tone in in this you know great 
great uh, city of the world. And so, yeah, yeah, exactly. All these things were happening right at the same time. And so uh, that's the thing. Rossellini is bringing all these threads right to the forefront and recognizing that this is a time where uh, you know authority was transferring from the uh, – both from the church uh, as the ecclesiastical rulers, and also the you know royal bloodlines, the, the traditional nobility. You know, the, the, really, the, the age of the Medici story is about how money changes everything. <laughs> Basically, you know, the, the Medici clan as merchants and and as uh, very shrewd manipulators of of, uh, of business interests became culturally ascendant, and that was bit of a scandal at the time where, you know, the divine right of kings and the apostolic succession of Peter were kind of the way that society's rules were made. And now it's like, you know what? Commerce has a pretty big voice and we're going to start to flex that muscle. And, and, and uh, at the same time, there's intimations of what later might become like the mafia and organized crime and, and some of the brutality that was used to enforce these rules even while maintaining the kind of pious surface appearances. And, and so, yeah, there's, you know, even though this is very historic and, and striving quite diligently to be authentic to its period, you know, the perceptive viewer is going to catch Rossellini's hints that, you know, <laughs> here's the roots of some <laughs> of the issues that we're dealing with nowadays. Because, again, yeah. Rossellini saw that. He saw the devastation of the war. He saw the Italian the rebirth, the economic miracle of the late 50s that led to La Dolce Vita and, <laughs> you know, the, all of the excesses of, of that era. And the, the, the importation from the Sicilian roots into mainstream Italian society of, 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 of the mafia and it's, you know, increased strive towards legitimacy as they got, you know, big money and got kind of, uh, involved in, in, in mainstream business dealings and such. So, you know, all those threads go way back, you know, four or 500 years into, into the history of the Medici's. And, and so that's, again, you know, I'll say, you know, Rossellini was, was really, uh, you know, acknowledging the intelligence of his audience and recognizing the potential for television to, you know, put potentially millions of people uh, you know, in front of, of his ideas rather than the thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands who might actually go out of their way to see his movies in the cinema. And so, you know, I, I'm trying to imagine what that must have been like in the early 1970s where, you know, middle-class Italian families would sit down on a Sunday evening or whatever night of the week these showed and say, oh, the great Rossellini has just released a new film on, you know, <laughs> Rene Descartes. Let's sit down and watch it together, children, and we'll discuss the great ideas of, of uh, Cartesian <laughs> philosophy. You know, I, I mean, I'm trying to imagine, you know, wow, was this must-see TV in Italy in the 1970s or was this already kind of in this little obscure art world niche? I, I have no idea. You know, uh, one thing that I think is is telling, though, is that he did want these to air on other television yeah. platforms. I mean, he didn't want them just to air on Italian TV. He he created a lot of these through funding through other public media outlets, including the French and American um, public media. Well, that's one and, of the saving graces of the age of the Medici is that if you do have the DVD, 
uh, you can watch it in English. That's a very uh-huh. that's a nice helpful bonus there because the Italian track is the main one if you just pop the DVD and push play, but there is an actual English track, and that was the original language that it was filmed in. He he had aspirations to get this on you know PBS, but I don't think PBS was ready to go there unfortunately no no they um, didn't that then that's kind of where i was was getting yeah. to neither did the french stations um some of them i don't know i don't know the history of each of these films but i know that i think you know, pascal he did want some has of them a on. french track yeah it is that one is in french that one's actually in french not italian um though it has an optional italian soundtrack but um and the, the french was the default on that one but the uh but they they didn't air in the, in those, you know. PBS never did pick this up, even though that's why he was making it. And and um, you know, it 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 just kind of shows that they weren't either because of the the style, which is understandable. You know, if I had been an executive and and <laughs> someone gave me the Age of the Medici, I'd be like, uh, I don't I don't know. Um, no. <laughs> Can we edit this down a little bit? <laughs> you know, right? Whatever. Right. You want to run this for the whole week? <laughs> and again, that might be a little disconnect between Rossellini's sense of his own significance and importance, which I'm sure was reinforced around him all the time. Oh, you are the great Rossellini. You know, I mean, uh, I'm sure he saw himself, uh, and I don't think in an arrogant way, but you know, he was sort of a contemporary equivalent of a Pascal or a Descartes. You know, he he was doing things and and had had an influence that was similarly impactful, at least to his contemporaries. Um, you know, in in that. You know, he he kind of you know didn't create a new art form, but he certainly uh, transformed it. And uh, but maybe his reputation wasn't quite so great in the USA or other places as it maybe was in Italy. Yeah, and there was in the liner notes again indication that when the French uh, public media turned down one of the films, it was actually because they. Um, they were upset at the inaccuracies. Okay. And and I don't I that to me sounds more like a kind of petty a, a, a cop out. Yeah, a petty yeah. provincial type of thing like they didn't make Descartes great enough, you know, to uh you know, to to celebrate his Frenchness or something because Maybe. that's I mean with, with both Descartes and and, and well, I guess Pascal is probably more more the Frenchman, but but you know, th- they're both presented as as you know kind of flawed compromised human beings i mean brilliant in their respective domains but also fragile and and not totally admirable because of some mm-hmm. of the you know the, the ways they were portrayed i mean descartes kind of just lays in bed all the time <laughs> thinking his great thoughts and Kind of you know griping if somebody wakes him before noon <laughs> and 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 Pascal is just sickly and feeble and and uh you know kind of torn by his own uh you know conflicting impulses i mean both both Descartes and Pascal uh have an interesting debate with orthodoxy i mean they're they're mm-hmm. both taking their thoughts uh in both applied sciences as well as philosophic speculations into areas that certainly rub up against the conventional party line of the church. And yet they, they definitely want to stay within the good graces of the church. They, they don't 
wish to be lumped amongst the heretics, both for uh, you know they don't they don't they want to avoid obviously persecution and 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 that kind of harassment, but I think they also have a sincere you know uh, expression of faith that comes through, and it's a, it's a quite a fascinating. Uh, another subtext to, to, for these films, especially for people who, you know, I think like both you and I, Trevor, have a profession of faith. That's a, an important component of our life, and so I, I definitely sense these these tensions because there is a tendency to, you know, think outside the box and and integrate the discoveries of science. Not just you know, neither Descartes nor Pascal were completely independent of the times and happenings around them uh they're trying to make sense of what you know the world is discovering about you know whether it's astronomy and the movements of the planets or you know the uh, just questions of of being and the human soul and and who who are people and what is the what is the, the mind you know and and as you get more subtle and and insightful and and refined in in analyzing basic things like how do people think and and where do we fit into this world and what is this universe that we're a part of well you know the more you ask and ponder those questions the more likely it is that you're at some point going to ask uncomfortable questions of the traditional authoritative understanding imposed by you know the church or the organized religious institutions that uh, that that we've grown up in, and so you know, again, Rossellini, I'm sure was was quite <laughs> involved in those discussions and struggles himself. And so, this is this is another interesting and somewhat uh, perennial uh, dilemma of the human condition. You know, we we don't necessarily want to upset or offend people, and yet our minds are sometimes restless, and we kind of wonder if the simple version of what we were taught as children is still supposed to be the way we see and understand the world around us as adults. <laughs> 